0: I want to welcome you to X Church if this is your first time and I just want to take a second if we could Lithopolis and welcome our Lancaster family we just want to say welcome from everyone in Lancaster if you're watching this online it's great to have you now before we jump into a new year and I know I know you're excited excited about this new season and what we're going to talk about I I want to take a moment and just give you an update from this past year as we closed out 2019 here at our church we did in a big way just really believing some promises from God through his word about exceed you all remember that if you were here for it and I wanted to give you an update those of you that gave and committed we did an end of the year offering like we did, uh, like we normally do. And we also ask people to commit to give above and beyond for one year to help us bridge the gap as we move to a new location in Canal Winchester in 2020. It's gonna be an exciting year and it's gonna be just a step of faith for us. And I just wanted to give you a little update so far where we are on this. Uh, We had come in in pledges about $550,000 for this next year come in. Now my goal is 750, but that's a great start. We're just the beginning. And here's here's a really cool number. I was excited about this. This just speaks to the generosity of the people in this church. I think what can a church do when its people get generous? Let me just tell you this: for our end of the year offering, what was given, we had nearly two hundred and fifty, two hundred forty-five thousand dollars that was already given toward that in two thousand and nineteen. Can we just thank God for that? And. The cool thing here at our church is 10% of everything is given we turn around and use to go and help people in need in our community. And, uh, and so thank you for being a part of that. We finished 2019 strong, but man, I'm ready for a new year. I'm ready for a new year. Is anybody else ready for a new year? I'm ready. I love turning the calendar. I get excited. And here's the thing. This is a, this is a little bit more than normal. This isn't just a new year. It's a new decade. You, are, you stepped into the roaring 20s, right, the, the 2020s. Um, I, I never really kind of grasped just how big of a change this was until New Year's Day. It was New Year's Day. We had just finished spending time at our friend's house New Year's Eve, and we're driving home. My daughter is in the car with us, my oldest daughter, and we're talking about how it's not just a new year but a new decade. And she's kind of th- telling us, she was like, can you imagine what all is going to happen in this next decade? She said, think about this. I'm getting married in this decade moving out of your house. Now, that's exciting. I mean, it is. And she said, she said I bet your other daughter's going to get married this decade, too. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean? Stop. What are you doing? And she said, and guess what? We're going to probably all move out of your house in this decade. And guess what? You're probably going to become a grandparent this, that. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, no. And, and the reality hit me. It's a new it's a new decade. And, and, and I realized all of a sudden, wow, I've been around for a long time. Do you know the truth is this, barely, but but I've now lived in six decades. You know what that makes me? Wise. Stop it, whoever. That <laughs> makes me wise. And uh, it's, it's a new year. It's a new decade. It's 2020. It's not just any year. Uh, that's such a familiar uh, number to us, 2020. Is. Some call it the The year of vision. Can I ask you just a real simple question as we begin a brand new year? Uh, I just want you to kind of process this. And that is this. Do you have a vision for your life? Just a simple question to start the year off. Do you have a vision for your life? Now here's what I think most of us do have. I think most of us have some kind of picture of the life we imagine. I I think most of us have some kind of like just imaginary picture of the life that we wish we'd have. I know from the time we're young until, until even as we grow older, uh, we're often picturing, I, I don't know what my life's going to be, but I just I really hope it's comfortable. I really hope it's a good lifestyle and I can afford a lot. I don't know how much that is, but I hope. Or maybe if you're young, you say, well, I, I hope I'm going to be married in this, this decade. Or, you know, I, I see myself married and having some kids and then eventually retiring and, and traveling the world. And I think a lot of us, if we could be honest, we have... We've got kind of this like vague picture of of, of the life that we we dream about, but I think most of us, just to be honest, and myself, I, I put myself in this category, don't always have a real clear vision of where we're going. Now let me tell you why this matters. If we don't have a clear vision for our life, let me tell you what we're gonna do. We're probably gonna meander through life and whatever happens, happens. And we may end up somewhere, but listen to me, it may not be where you wanted to end up. This is what happens in life when you don't have a clear vision. There's a, a verse that's kind of a key verse for this series and this conversation that we're going to have to begin 2020. And it's found in Proverbs 29:18. I, w- I want to read this verse to you, and I want you just to kind of receive this as we begin a new year, a new decade. Proverbs 29:18 says this. Where there is no prophetic vision, let me say it this way, where there is no, no future looking ahead, the people cast off what? I want everybody to say that word. They cast off, come on, we can do better than that. Help me out, Lancaster. They cast off restraint. But blesses is he who keeps the law. In, in other words, if you don't have clarity of what's in front of you, if you don't have vision for where you're going, Here's what this Proverbs, it's so wise says, and we actually know this to be true in our lives, is that we'll throw off restraint and we'll go in any direction, it doesn't matter. This is so true. I want you to think about your life and not just the big picture. Think about it in just small terms like eating habits. How many of you in 2019 Said to yourself over and over, okay, I'm, I'm going to get serious now about my eating. I'm going to lose these 10 pounds now before I go on vacation. I'm going to, how many of you, come on, let's just, we, we did that, right? And so I know every weekend I'd feel bloated and I ate too much, like on Monday, this always starts on Monday. On Monday, I'm, I'm going to eat so clean, and I'm going to get in shape, and I'm going to do this, and I, and I start off so ch- great, and I'm excited on Monday, and I'm going to do this. Four hours into it, I'm starving, and somebody at work says, you want to go out to eat? We're going to get pizza. And I say, yes, every time. It's because I don't have restraint, and why don't I have restraint It's because I don't have a clear vision of where I'm going. I I see this happen all throughout life. It happens in almost every area. Let's be honest. It it happens in our finances. Do do you know what clear uh, vision for your life? It might look like a budget, right? But if you don't have that, what do we do? Any moment where we have an opportunity to buy something we really want, even if we can't afford it, an impulse buy, we grab it, we charge it, we swipe it. Why? Because, Because we don't have restraint, when, when you don't have clarity of where you're going, it gets you into all kinds of trouble. And the truth is, for, for most of us, we, we go through life, we don't really have clarity, and because of that, we end up wandering in life rather, rather than getting some place that we really want to be. And so I wanted to ask you as we begin this year, do you have like, do you have a vision for not just your life, but, but even for your marriage? Do, do you have a vision? Do you, do you ever talk about it? Where are we going to, what are we going to be? What's our marriage going to look like? How often are we going to date? What's that like? I, sometimes we, we get excited about, uh, about getting married, and, and when we're dating, we have a vision of the wedding, but we often don't have a vision for the marriage. What, what does that look like if you have vision in your marriage? Or let me ask you this, in parenting. Do you have a vision for parenting? Now, I, I'm kind of getting toward the latter years as my kids are getting older, and I just I just am very thankful and lucky that God blessed me with two wonderful girls, okay? But if I were to speak to myself you know, 20 years ago, I probably would say, hey, you ought to sit down and come up with a vision for what you wanna see at the end of your parenting experience. And I know some of you, you probably go, well, we don't have a vision, we're just trying to make it out alive. I get that, okay, I get that. But what would it look like for maybe you and your spouse to have a conversation and go, Hey, what do we want this to look like when they get older? Do you have a vision? Do you have a vision for your finances? That may be a budget. It could be we're going to get out of debt in three years. We're gonna, what, what does it look like? Do you have a vision in all these areas of your life? I have found that a lot of times that we don't. And so what I wanted to do, and I thought we'd do this together as a community. This is something I figured out. I'm walking through this with you. I wanted to take some time to talk about how do we create a clear vision and move towards something this year and I believe it might be the most important conversation we have all year. Let's start the year right. Let's move in the right direction. Let me tell you who this conversation is for. It is for you if you're 14 years old, because listen, when you're 14 years old, you're gonna start to get pressure in school, and I gotta figure it all out, and what am I gonna be? Can I tell you that this conversation is if you're 26. You've graduated college, and you're thinking about getting married and settling down someday, and I'm not sure what that looks like. This conversation's for you at 34 years old, and you're trying to raise kids, and you're just trying to get out of that decade alive, or maybe all your kids alive with you. Or maybe you're 43 years old, and you're kinda getting to a place where it's starting to change your season of life. Or maybe you're 58 years old, and and retirement is around the corner. Let me tell you something. The vision for your life changes with every season. This is why you got to keep talking about it. Because you need a vision when you're 17 years old and you're like, I don't know what to do with my life. You also need a vision when you're 62 years old and you're about to go into retirement. Because if you don't, can I tell you something? You could be retired and miserable. You need a purpose. This is what vision gives you. And so here's what we're going to do. And it's going to take four weeks. And so I want to challenge you to commit to these four weeks to be consistent so you can hear all the steps. This is a journey, we're gonna do it together. And I wanna show you four steps to getting a clear vision for your life. It's gonna take us four weeks. And and I've got these boards behind me just to to illustrate. These are the four steps that we're gonna learn in this journey. We're gonna learn to seek God, to circle up, to define it, and to step out. Let me me say them again. We're gonna learn to seek God, circle up, define it, and step out. Now I want every single person, both locations, I want you to say them out loud with me. I want us to get this. This is the four steps in this process. We're going to do what? We're going to seek God, circle up, define it, step out. We can do way better than that. Come on, help me out. We're going to seek God, circle up, define it, and step out. Now listen, you're going to have to come back every single week so you can learn what each step is. We're going to walk through. It's a very practical process for you to begin to discover and get a vision for your life. And so what we're going to do as we kick off week one today of this conversation is I want to talk about, and I know it's, you're going to like, oh, this is the super spiritual step. I want to talk about what I believe is arguably the most important step in getting a vision for your life, and that is to do what? Say it with me. We're going to seek God. I, I want to talk about why, why we should seek God. What does it look like to, to seek God for the vision for your life? Can I tell you why you might want to seek God for the vision for your life? Because if there's anyone who knows you better than you, it's the one who created you. What he wired you for. The purpose he puts you here on earth for. And, and the reality is this, and I just want to speak honestly about myself and all of us. The truth is most of the time, we don't seek God for plans in our life. We just make them. Let's be real, I I, I fit in that category a lot too. In fact, I would argue that even when we're young, we feel the weight of coming up with a plan for our life. When you're in high school, all of a sudden you get to be a junior, and guidance counselor's asking you like, where are you going to school? You're like, you mean I gotta go to school after this? I've been in school for 12 years of my life, you gotta do this again? Where are you going to school? What are you gonna major in? What's your career field gonna be in? What's your plans? And all of a sudden there's pressure to come up with a plan. We feel it all through life, whether it's starting a family or or changing careers or advancing in your income or all these things. There's so much pressure and here's what we tend to do. Okay, let's be honest. We tend to make plans by what we know and feel in the present. We don't think ahead, let's just be honest, this is me too. We make plans by how we feel right now. That's why if you're like just graduated or you can think back to when you were in school, that's why we change career identities like 10 times all through school. You know, we all start off wanting to be a veterinarian. Once you get a puppy, it's like, oh, I love animals, i be a veterinarian. And then at some point that changes to be a doctor, and then you find out how much schooling you have to do to be a doctor, and you're like, I'm not doing that, and then it's a firefighter, and then it's a teacher, and then it's a, and it just changes. Why? Because you're changing it, because you don't know. It's just what I feel, so I just make plans. This is what we do, we do this in life, we do this with jobs sometimes to our detriment. Sometimes we just like, oh hey, they're paying that, oh I'm gonna do that, and then you spend the next 30 years of your life in a job that you actually can't stand, but you went into it because it was a good paycheck to begin with. I just, I don't know, it's just I felt right. I've seen this happen and cause disaster in relationships. Start dating someone and fall in love, and you feel the goosebumps and the butterflies, and every time, it's like, oh, it just feels so good. We, I know we've only been together six months, but you ought to move in with me, and then we ought to get married. It just feels so right. Do you know how many people who have said those things four years later look back and go, oh, that was a mistake? What, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's not bad to make plans, but... What a lot of us do is we operate by how we feel right now and then what happens is we get to a place where we look back full of a lot of regrets of decisions that we've made. And we never stopped to consult God. And I get why we do it. It's because, let's be honest, foresight, you know, looking ahead tends to be so blurry, while hindsight, have you ever noticed, tends to be so clear. Looking ahead, blurry, looking behind you, real clear. That, that's why there's this phrase. We all know it so well, right? We say, hindsight is? What, what does that mean? It means, I got through it, looked back and went, oh, I shouldn't have bought that. I got through it, oh, I shouldn't have married them. I got through it, oh, I shouldn't have invested there. I got through it, oh, I wish I had gone to school. Hindsight is twenty twenty. We We can learn from life, but... But what does it look like to have foresight? Can I just tell you, this is what I'm talking about when I say, do you have a vision for your life? And some of us go, but it's so blurry. I want you to know this. I believe that you can actually get clear direction for your life where it's not blurry. I believe that with all that's in me. Now, that doesn't mean you're gonna know everything. Let me just warn you. That doesn't mean when you have a vision for your life, it's like, okay, in 20 years from now, we're gonna be doing this on this day and living there. That's not the way it works. But what I have discovered is if you will surrender your life to God, if you will take on the process of seeking God in your life first, what he will do is he will give you direction. He won't give you all the steps. He will give you direction. And can I tell you something? There is nothing greater than having the peace that you can have in your life knowing that I i, I don't know everything ahead, but I know I'm exactly where God wants me to be right now. That is one of the greatest feelings in the world where you can have peace inside God. I don't know Oh, but I know the one who does hold the future and I'm surrendered to him and I got peace in the middle of it. You can you can experience that. I believe it. And I want to lead you to that. I, I want to talk about that. And so today I want to talk about what does it look like to seek God for vision? Now, if you've got a Bible with you, if you don't have one, we'd love to give you one. You always stop at our next steps area. We'll give you a Bible anytime. Um, But if you got a Bible, I want to encourage you to get it out right now or electronic device and and turn it on or open it up to Jeremiah 29. I want to read a passage that I I feel like really paints a beautiful picture of what it means to seek God. And I I just want to say this maybe you don't have a Bible or you don't really engage with the Bible. Can I just encourage you? Here is a great habit to start in 2020 start reading the Bible. Maybe you don't even believe in God. Great way to find out whether or not you should, or maybe you will, read the Bible. Okay, and so I want us to to lean into God's word this year. I encourage you, maybe bring it with you to church and something to take notes because I believe that these steps can really change our lives. And so Jeremiah 29, now there's a verse in this passage that you're gonna find really familiar. But I I wanna read a few more verses around it because I actually think we missed the most important part of this entire passage. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet that God used to speak to the nation of Israel in a time when they had gone into exile. Now, if you don't understand the history of it, the nation of Israel had actually turned their back on God. They started kind of following all these other idols and really got involved in the culture rather than pursuing the creator. Because of that, here's what God did. God took his hand of favor and blessing and protection off of them. You know why God does that? Let me tell you why God does it. Because he'll do it in your life and he'll do it in mine. When we turn away from God and we start kind of doing our own thing and pursuing other interests and not really God, he'll lift his hand of blessing and protection off of our lives, not because he's mean, but because he wants you to understand what life is like without him so that you can realize that life with him is way better than life without him. And so he did that with the nation of Israel, and he sent Jeremiah as they were living in captivity. These other nations had come in and just wiped out their cities, taking them captive, and he He sends a man named Jeremiah with a message. And and though this is a specific prophecy for a specific group of people, there is a parallel that you and I can find in this story. Because you may be in a place where the truth is maybe you kind of are far away from God right now. Maybe you're in a place where you kind of begin to pursue other things rather than Jesus. Maybe you're in a place where it feels really distant. And there's one thing I want you to see in this, and that is the heart of God for you, that God loves you. And that God wants you in a relationship so badly. He doesn't care where you are. He just wants you. And that's what you get in the story. And so God sends an encouraging message through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. Let's read it together. It says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. That was the specific promise to them. Now, verse 11, kind of familiar says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Verse 12 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Now verse 13, this is a key verse. It says this, you will do what? I want everybody to say those two words with me. You will seek me. Come on, say it out loud again. You will and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You, you know, most of us have heard Jeremiah 29 11, if you've been around church at least. I mean, that's a verse that you might have hanging on a piece of artwork at your house. You got it on a coffee mug, inspire you in the morning. And it's a great verse. I, I think most of us love it, preachers love to preach it. Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future, I mean, who doesn't want that? Let me just tell you this, if God has plans to prosper my life, I will take it all day, every day, twice on Sunday. If he wants to prosper my bank account, fine, great, I will take it, right? But sometimes what we do is we take that one little verse out of the context and we miss the essence, we miss the heart of it. This was God trying to encourage people that had actually gone into exile for being disobedient. And God looks at them to try to encourage them in this moment and what you do see that does apply to us is the heart of God for us. The way God felt toward them who had actually wandered from him is the way God feels toward us even when we wander from him. Do you know that God is for you? Can I tell you that today? God doesn't want to stand in opposition to you. He might discipline us when we get out of line, but God is for you. God loves you. God created you for a specific purpose. Some of you need to receive that because you don't feel worthy of anything like that today. But I came to declare some truth over your life today. God is for you. You should receive that. God wants the best for you. How do I know that? Because Jesus told us that we ought to see God like a father who loves to bless his children God wants to give good gifts to you. I think sometimes we've grown up, maybe you grew up around a a religion that felt like all it was was that God was angry at you. Can I just say God's not angry at you? He doesn't love it when we turn away from him. It breaks his heart. But God is actually for you, and he has plans for you. This is what he said. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Can I ask you a simple question? I want you just to say it out loud if you know the answer, and it's not a really complicated answer. Who has the plans who has the plans? God. Who's got good plans for you? God has good plans for you. And the reason why a lot of us don't know that, and the reason why a lot of us make our own plans is because we've never come to that realization that God actually has a plan for your life. This is why some of you have a double major and a minor, and you're working in a job that requires neither. That's why some of you have changed careers three times you're 38 years old because I'm trying to come up with a plan. Can I encourage you? Stop doing that for just a moment. What would it look like for you to say, God, what's your plan for my life? And I get it. We we make plans all the time, but here's something that will just reassure you. Proverbs 16, nine. I love this verse. It's so reassuring. It says, we can make plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Gosh, I'm so thankful for that because I feel like I would mess it up. And that means that, listen, if you will surrender your plans, there's the hard part. If you'll say, God, I I surrender my plans to you, here's what God will do. God will direct your steps. That means I, I don't wanna get way off course. That's okay, you don't have to worry about it when you surrender your life to God. He'll determine your steps. He'll get you there. But God has plans for you. Most of us are trying to develop our own plan. And so if we're gonna get a real vision for our life, We need to consult the one who actually has the vision and the plans for us. Now, how do we do that? See, this is what most people miss in this passage. They miss the two verses after Jeremiah 29, 11. And they're actually really critical to it. Let me reread verses 12 and 13. He said, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He said this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me, how? Say it out loud, with all your, now that did not sound like you saying, said that with all your heart. Help me out, with what? With all You see, this is the key. If you're saying, I'm in a place where I would love to know God's plan for my life, God's plan for our marriage. God's plan for my finances. God's plan for my career. God's plan. If you want to know what it is, let me give you the key. Here's what it is. You will discover it when you come to God in prayer. Now, I know some of you said, listen, um, I came to church. I thought I was going to get something a little better than that. Like just in prayer, that's it? And and I know why we feel that way because, because sometimes we think, well, I tried that once. Prayer. I tried that once. I prayed and I asked God. And, and nothing happened. And so I guess this thing doesn't really work. Some of you, um, when it came to asking God and con- consulting him about your plans, you did it while you were on your way to sign the papers for the new house. Hey, God, is this the plan you want for me? It's a little late. Here, here's what we do sometimes um, because we don't, we don't really know how to engage with God. And I understand that. Maybe you're brand new to this. But, but sometimes we just throw something up in the air and we hope it sticks, and we hope something magical falls out of the sky. Or we say prayers to, to God like this, like, God, I don't know, if I'm supposed to be a paramedic, help me see an ambulance on my way to work today. Can I just tell you, God's not sending an ambulance when you pray something like that. And, if, and you might see an ambulance, but it could be because there was an emergency, and it might not have anything to do with God sending it your way. We do this all the time. God, if I'm supposed to go to the Ohio State University, then help them win a national championships Oh, I guess I'm going to OU. you. You know, like, is anybody still hurting over that? Does anybody still feel grieved? Is anybody still praying for those who curse you? And, and I'm, I've been praying for the referees ever since for stealing that from us. So I just encourage you, lift them up. I'm praying that God would touch them. I'm praying God would save them. I'm praying God would change their heart and their mind and free them from hell. And I, I just am... And oh, by the way, I also want to just say, because we do have one um, lousy Clemson Tigers fan on our staff, Pastor Russ, who came from there. And so I just want to say to everybody in Lancaster, would you do me a favor, and would you just pray for Pastor Russ? Would you lay hands on him, whatever that looks like, you can come up with what that looks like, and just encourage him that uh, go LSU Tigers, now I'm pulling for them, right? But uh, Joe Burrow, we can at least say that. All right, where are we? We're way off track. You guys gotta stay focused. You're always in Ohio State and all that. See, see here's the thing when it comes to prayer. The, the reason why a lot of us never really get the plan is because prayer for, for us is, I threw something up, I threw it at the wall and it didn't stick. Can I, can I tell you that there's two parts to prayer that we find in this passage that could really help you? Uh, the first part of prayer we found in verse 12. He said, then you're gonna come to me, you're gonna call on me in prayer, and he said, I will listen. Can I tell you this, that when it comes to your plans, first and foremost, God wants to hear the desires of your heart. God, God created you. He wired you. He knows the things that bring joy into your life. God wants to hear that. I think sometimes when we think about, well, I've got I to seek God for the plans of my life. He's going to make, make me do something awful that I don't want to do. Why? He's created you something. If you find the lane in which God created you, the purpose, you will find more joy than anything else right there. And so, listen, God wants to hear what's on your heart when you come to him and you talk to him. If you don't ever do that, can I encourage you, to try it on a regular basis. Not just before you're getting ready to sign the papers for something, but, but try it and say, God, this is what I pray and this is what I hope and I hope you do it in my children and for our marriage and our finances and my career and I don't know and I want to surrender it, but this is really what I hope to do one day with my life. And let me tell you something. God's a great listener. That's what he said. He said, I will listen. You know what I found? God is such a good listener. He has never once interrupted me while I was praying. Never. Now, I can't say that for all of us. I, I, I've been told that I'm a great speaker. I'm a terrible listener. I, I've been told that. My family reminds me all the time. My daughters will come home, and maybe they had a day, and they'll start telling me about their day, and, all oh, this happened, and then she said this. And, then, and you know what I do? I always jump in right in the middle of it. I cut them off, and I say, you should say this. You need to do that. You go get, you tell them, you do this. And, and it's like, I want to solve their problem. So they tell me, like, Dad, you're a terrible listener. You know who's not a terrible listener? God. He wants to hear from you. What would it look like for you to carve out some time as we begin this year? Every day, not just once in a while, not just when I need a miracle, but for you just to share your heart. That's what I end up writing in my journal. My journal is mostly me telling God what's on my heart. But there's another part to this, and this is what we miss a lot. The other part is this. It says in verse 13 that we have to seek him. One part is you pray and you tell him what's on your heart. The other part of this is that you have to seek him. He said, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me. How? With all your heart. Can I ask you a question? What does it look like for you to seek God with all your heart? So I was kind of convicted by that. Because I don't know that I'm always going after him with all my heart. What does it mean to actually like... Like, I'm going to find what God has for me this year. And, and the truth is this. God is not saying that because he's playing some cosmic game of hide-and-go-seek, and, go seek and he, he makes it really difficult for you to find him. That's not why. Why? But the reason why it is so hard to discover God or to find him or to hear from him is because we are so bombarded by other noises and distractions and social media and news and media and friends and busy schedules that we don't ever stop long enough to connect with our creator to actually pursue him and say, God, I want you, and I want what you want for me. What does it look like for you to seek God? To... (laughs) to go after him. like That's a different level of just throwing a prayer out there before you eat. There's something different about seeking God on that level. And here's what I've discovered in my life. In seasons where I stopped and I said, I'm gonna seek God. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna really pursue God for this season. What I have discovered is that God has often met me and revealed things to me in those seasons. When I first started to be a pastor full time and I didn't know what to do and I didn't really have vision for our church, I sought God because I felt inadequate. You ever feel inadequate in life? You're a new parent, I feel inadequate. You start a new job, I feel inadequate. I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm good enough. Like, you ever get that, I felt that way. And so every day I was, I was like 45 minutes taking long walks and I'm just pouring out my heart to God, I don't know what to do. God, you gotta change something. Change me, you gotta do something. And what happened at the end of that season is that God gave me the mission statement for our church. God gave me the vision for our church. It was right after that season that God opened the door for us to buy this property in Lithopolis, and everything that has happened ever since then happened really because there was a season where I said, "God, I just need you. I don't know what I'm doing without you. What would it look like for us just to get to a point and maybe you're here? Maybe this is the best place to be to start 2020. It's just to say, "I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I mean, I've made plans, but I've regretted half of them. I don't know that I'm going in the right direction. And so, God, I I want to seek you. Now, let me tell you how you can do this. Because some of you are going, well, I don't understand. What do I do? Like The best way I have found in my life to seek God for a season is through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. I had to say it again because some of you heard the first part, but then you blocked out the second part. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of fasting. I've talked to people already this weekend who said I've never done anything like this before. I bet you there are a lot of you that maybe you've never done anything like a devoted season of prayer and fasting. Say what is that? Here's what fasting is. Fasting is when you give up something that you love. You give up something that you use every day. You give up something that is just a comfort that you enjoy. Like you give up foods, certain foods. You, You give up caffeine. Maybe maybe you give up alcohol, if it's something that you have on a regular basis. You you give up social media. You give up media. You give up these things in your life so that you can set a a dedicated time, additional time, to really connect with God, to pursue him and go after him. Can I tell you what fasting isn't? It's not a diet plan. Some of you are going, oh, hey, we should do a fast. I'd like to lose 15 pounds. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because a diet is when you just remove things and then you're hangry all the time. This is not what a a fast is. I'm intentionally putting some things down so that I can pick up something that God has for me. That's what a fast is. And oh, by the way, if you want to know what fasting really does, fasting shows God that you're desperate for him. That's what it shows. He said, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. How do I show God that I'm seeking him with all my heart? One of the greatest ways you can do it is through fast. Why, because this is true for any of us in any relationship. I want you to imagine that your spouse came to you and your spouse said, hey listen, for this year, you know what, uh, all those things I like to do and the little girls trip that we go do and the guys getaway that we do and the sporting events that we like to go do and now I go get my hair done at this place, I'm gonna stop doing all of those things so that I can spend more time on you and spend more money on you. Can I ask you a question? Would that get your attention? Hello? Praise the Lord. Listen, the same thing is true with God when we fast. When I say, you know what, I'm not going to eat those things. I love those things. I love sweets so much, but I'm not going to eat any of them for a season. And then I'm going to spend extra time asking God, God, show me your will. Show me your plan. I'm going to journal. I'm going to do a book. I'm going to do a study. I'm going to, God, reveal something to me. Here's what it does. It shows God that you're coming after him with all your heart. God said that when you actually make time for me in the busy noise of life, he says you're gonna find me. By the way, when you find God, you find the plan that he has for your life. And so here's what we wanted to do to begin this year. Is I wanna invite you, and this is an invitation. I want to invite you to join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're gonna kick off starting tomorrow. 21 days of prayer and fasting where you, you would maybe wanna join in on this journey and commit and say, you know what? I'm gonna fast some things in my life. Because I want the vision that God has for my life. I want his plans for my life. There's something about fasting that actually what it does is it gives you clarity to hear from God. All throughout the scriptures you see uh, this happen. You got a guy named Moses, you ever heard of him? You know he fasted for 40 days and nights at the top of a mountain where God gave him the Ten Commandments and all the rest of the law? There's something about when you give up certain things in the natural that God says, now I can give you some things from the supernatural. You see this with King Jehoshaphat. I know you've not maybe heard of him, he's a king in the Old Testament. He had two enemies that came at him that were both larger than him and he was scared to death. Maybe you're in a place where you feel overwhelmed. You know what he did? He declared a fast for the whole nation. Now that was a forced fast. This is not, just so don't freak out. But he said, all of us are fasting and we're gonna ask God to see and have pity on us and to to save us and guess what, God saved him. You see this over and over, Daniel. How many of you ever heard of a Daniel fast? Raise your hand if you ever heard of the Daniel fast. Okay, Daniel fast actually comes from a guy named Daniel that lived in the Old Testament times that was a captive in Babylon. And God had given him a vision for his people to encourage them, but he didn't know what it meant. And so for three weeks, that's why a lot of people do 21 days, for three weeks he fasted choice meats and foods and he just ate vegetables and fruits and things like that and water. For three weeks he did that, asking God for revelation, and God gave it to him. This is a season of saying, I want to hear from you, God. By the way, there's somebody else that fasted that almost seems like he would have had no reason or need to fast, and that was Jesus. Did you know Jesus fasted? The one we follow? Do you know Jesus before he started his ministry? spent 40 days with his father, fasting food, just connecting with his father. I wonder if Jesus needed it. So before he began the ministry, because God was giving him the vision for the ministry, here's the 12 I want you to select. Here's the things I want you to do. Here's the place I want you to go. Here's the cross that you're headed to. I wonder if God revealed all that, his father in heaven, while in that season of saying, God, I want to seek you for the vision. And I guess I'm saying this, if Jesus needed it, How much more do you think we do? We need this. I just want to be honest. I need this. And I thought, what better way to begin this year than to start it off with a dedicated season where we say, God, I want to seek you for your plans and your vision for my marriage, for my family, for my kids, for my church, for the healing we need, for the career. What would it look like to do that in your life? Now, let me just release you on something you don't have to do this what I don't want you to hear today maybe you're new and you're just kind of like I'm not sure about church and I'm not sure about faith and and then all of a sudden you kind of like hear this and you're like oh see I just kind of feel like church is like you know it's a lot of religion it's like it's like a bunch of rules It's what I always thought it was there's all these things you can't do you know I can't eat now well this is awful I guess I don't want anything to do this. Listen, I don't want you to confuse this. This is not religion, what we do here, okay? You don't, this is is not about rules and doing things to get God to, to like you. This is not, well, I've messed up a lot, so I better fast so that God will like, he'll be okay with me. No, 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 you're doing it for the wrong reasons. That's not what it is. You need to understand God's grace. God's grace is not about anything that you or I could ever do, but about what Jesus already did for us on the cross. And so I want you to hear this. This isn't something you have to do. Oh, if I want to be a Christ follower, I guess, I, I guess I'm going to have to fast. No, you, you don't have to, but, but I guess I want to say it this way. I, I would hope that you would actually want to because you're desperate to see and hear from God. Like, like, you don't have to. Just like you don't have to do any other things. God's grace will still cover you and you receive it. You don't have to give the tithe, but I pray that if you would learn about the way God would bless you in return, you'd say, I want to. you don't have to go to church, but you came today. Maybe there's part of you that said, I wanted to. I want something different in this life. My my prayer is that you want to do this because if we could just understand that this could change your life. Hearing from God has changed my life. Hearing from God will change your life. If you understand how just one word from God could change or save your marriage, wouldn't it be worth it? If one word from God about your children and what you're praying over them or how you're gonna lead them changes everything so it changes their trajectory, isn't it worth it? One word from God can change everything in your life. And so why not we get a little desperate and we say, God, I'm going to take the first portion of this year, just like I worship on the first day of the week, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to seek you. I'm not just going to throw a little prayer out here, but I'm going to give up some things so I get your attention, God, and I'm going to go after you. I'm going to seek you. Can I tell you what God's going to do when you do that? He's going to start a fire inside of you. Some of you are going to be more alive than you've ever been in your entire life because you're going to be more connected to God than you've ever been in your entire life when you go through a season like this. I, I want you to want to do it because it's going to change your life. I don't want to spend 5, 10, 30 years running in a direction for a plan that I have that isn't where God wants me to be. Because what could happen is I get to the end, so many of us, and look back with so much regret. This isn't, this isn't what I thought life would be. There's someone who knows the best way to live, and that's the one who created you. So here's what we're going to do, and we're going to close, but we're going to give every one of you on your way out of your experience today a fast guide. I'm not going to go into details about it. I'm going to put this in your hands, and then you make a decision if you want to do it, and I want you to take this, whether you go, I just, I don't know. I don't man, I don't really want to give up anything, and I don't want to fast certain foods or I don't want to do the Daniel fast or I don't want to fast my caffeine or coffee. or um, I, I just want you to take it and read it because I, I want you to understand why we fast. And this is not a religious thing. This is not a, um, please, please don't make it that a legalistic thing. God loves you whether you do this or not. This is more if you want to hear from God. If you're saying, I, I need some direction in my life. Then, then I wanna encourage you, take this and join us. We're gonna to begin tomorrow and we're gonna have different ways of connecting throughout the, the season to pray together. And, and so I just, I wanna invite you to maybe be part of it. And I wanna invite you that as we begin this year and we're here, let's dedicate ourselves to seeking God this year in 2020, amen? Come on, watch y'all stand to your feet, both locations. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment of prayer as we prepare to dedicate ourselves for this new year? Father, I just pray right now over every single person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit is speaking to every person in a unique way right now. That, God, you're showing us things that maybe we could give up, maybe things that even have become like idols in our life, things that we feel like we have to have, so that we can go through a season of learning to depend on you. And so, God, I pray right now for the strength and the courage. I pray, God, your voice would speak to us so clearly. God, I pray as we dive into a series of talking about the vision for our lives and commit to fast and pray and seek you in the season, God, I pray for revelation right now. I pray, God, for clarity. I pray for focus. I pray, God, for every person here, that, God, they would hear your voice more than we've ever heard before, that we would know you're leading and you're guiding in our lives. And I just pray, and I want to speak prophetically that, God, you're going to speak words that are going to change lives. You're going to speak words that's going to change direction. You're going to speak words that's going to save families. You're going to speak words, God, that's going to bring something that is dead inside of us alive again. I just declare it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now that this season in front of us becomes a season that brings life to us, that God fills us with supernatural strength for the pressures that we face. God, I pray right now that you would just start a work in us and in this community that spills over to the larger communities around us. I pray people would take notice, Lord, in 2020 that this church, there's something different about this church, and there's something different about these people, and there's something that they have that I want I pray, God, your vision and your fire, God, to fall in our church this year. So, God, we're here to begin this year to say we dedicate ourselves to you. We dedicate ourselves to you. I want everybody to say that out loud with me. We dedicate ourselves to you. Come on, say it again. We dedicate ourselves to you this year, Jesus. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Come on, come on, let's just give him praise today.